Good morning, church. Praise Jesus. My name is Kenneth. I'm married to Sarah. I work with World Vision Uganda. It is now uh, seven years. It is good time. And we thank you for your support. Together, we've been able to transform communities and we have impacted lives in Uganda. Glory to God. I thank the management and staff of the church for extending the invitation to us to come and share with you the good news of the kingdom of God. This morning, we are going to be uh, sharing and taking our biblical text from the book of Second uh, Kings. We shall read chapter 4. Second Kings. Uh, chapter 4, verses 1 to 7. Our biblical text and the theme for this morning, it's about the dead burden. Uh, the dead burden in the text, we see an impoverished family of faith being granted financial blessing. This text is about uh, Elisha helping the widow to help herself. We see the widow highly indebted. But who was Elisha? If you want to understand Elisha very well as a prophet, uh, who was anointed? Elisha was a replacement to uh, Elijah. So you can read on your own uh, in First Kings, I, I think the whole of chapter 19, you will be able to understand how Elisha got to be anointed. I'll keep to our theme and to the text in Second Kings chapter 4 verses um, 1 to 7. God is calling us to help those who are in need. This is what we see in the text. If I try to ponder the widow was indebted. Maybe I would even ask, how did the widow become to be a widow? This lady, the husband was a student at one of the training centers. And he died. Then he left the wife 
with a date. These are facts. In Africa, in Uganda, where I come from, there are increasing levels of indebtedness. People are in debt. People are going through financial distress. There are other people who are filing for bankruptcy. There are others who are applying for bailout from like the government. This is, this is common information within our country, Uganda. And we see this widow going through the same financial distress. The Mosaic law was that ruthless that it couldn't allow uh, maybe filing for bankruptcy. You had to pay back. The widow had nothing. In this text, I'll even be asking some questions in our time. Do people in our communities suffer from bad debt? In our neighborhoods, do we have such kind of people who are suffering from debt? There are also some other aspects I see which I'm calling they are inhuman, they are unhuman exchanges. In the biblical text, we do not get to understand how much money was involved. That two sons had to be taken in debt. I do not have that information. But the debt could not be written off. And the children had to be taken to service the debt. How dare that a human being can be exchanged for money? This is slavery. Um, there are some other unfortunate instances which have happened in our communities. Uh, like in Uganda, I was telling uh, people I had dinner with, I worked in eastern Uganda, there is a time when there was a lot of famine and uh, a girl child was being exchanged for food. You're given a child and then you're given food. This is unhuman. Ladies and gentlemen, if such kind of exchanges are happening, we can even qualify it to be violence against children, which we want to condemn. In our text, the widow is financially distressed and calls upon the prophet Elijah for help. And we see Elijah, Elisha, sorry, Elisha asking, 
what shall I do for you? Elisha is asking the widow who is in debt, what shall I do for you? And the widow says, I have nothing other than a little oil. So this takes me to a point of social protection. We are supposed to have possessions and we are supposed to own property. And the widow had a little oil which was not sufficient enough. It wasn't that oil for cooking. Probably it was anointing oil, just a little of it in a can. Elisha is asking, what can I do for you and what do you have? Then we see a kind of multiplier effect. Elisha tells the widow, Go, borrow vessels from everywhere, from all your neighbors. Elisha made the widow commit herself in faith to God's provision. We would have seen Elisha gathering the vessels himself, but he didn't. He told the widow, Go and borrow yourself. To borrow vessels in this manner invited questions, but she did as the word of God through his prophet commanded her. We notice that Elisha made her do this herself. Perhaps Elisha would have taken a lead, would have gone ahead of the widow, but he didn't. The widow had to take a step of faith. Equally, she could have thought that this is mockery. I'm in need, and you're telling me to go and gather vessels. This is where we are seeing the multiplier effect. The vessels are being filled up. The vessels are being saturated. Complete. And this also takes me to an aspect of the big cells. There is a big relationship between the faith you have and the measure which you will be having. If the widow had gone and borrowed maybe a vessel or one or two, then that was the measure of faith. But here we see her going and gathering a number of vessels which are being filled up. So after the vessels had been filled up, then the oil stopped flowing. This is a step of faith. And we see the work of God at hand. The widow 
rescued her children, the two sons. Secondly, the widow was able to have enough for the family. And then thirdly, the widow had an excess to sell off and the debt was cleared. The principle of this miracle was the same principle of ditches in Second Kings chapter 3. You can refer there at your own free time. The amount of a man's work with a miracle determines the amount of blessing and provision actually received. God's powerful provision invites our hard work and no laziness. Are we able to work? Are we working for our families? Are we working for our children? In most communities, when we do a vulnerability ranking, the women and the children are highly affected by the vulnerabilities. I'm making a call that us as men, we have to work for our children and wives. You see how suffering the widow was, highly indebted, and the children are being taken up into slavery. We need to control this. We need to have this mitigated by being so much hardworking. Men must likewise see to it that the widows and children have comfortable subsistence. We want to move a step in creating household resilience. Household resilience. Having communities being able to fend for themselves and, and sustain their well-being. In our communities, we have people suffering from debt. What are the causes of debt? At a personal level, individual level, corporate level, we've had companies filing for bankruptcy. What causes debt? How can we help ourselves and others to escape debt? Every person here, even those ones who are not here, deserve a livelihood. What assets do we have to help ourselves become economically strong and our families being economically supported. Are there practical actions that can be taken for individuals and the community that would enable us to identify opportunities, skills, and other resources and assets to recover from the debt burden? This is our challenge this morning. When I reflect further, 
on this biblical text. By knowing that our local and global community is interconnected, we must act to promote justice and opportunities for the economic well-being of all. By acting, we need to advocate for economic systems that enable people and nations to develop economic sustainability. We need to identify skills, assets and opportunities for economic empowerment through self-help and mutual support. We need to be inspired to read the Bible and pray to understand our calling to live in caring communities. There are gross inequalities. There are those who are rich and rich to the extremes. And there are those who are poor and they are poor to the extremes. How should we live with each other and how should we live in harmony with each other? Church, let us reflect and go deeper in this biblical text and understand the needs and understand the burden and understand the vulnerabilities which communities are going through. Each one of us can help. If we do it together, then we can see communities which are getting transformed and we can see lives and families that are being impacted. Let us read and make sense of this biblical text where Elisha came in to support and help the widow recover from death. We shall pray. And we need to pray to the loving Father to give us helping hands and to give us support. Loving Father, we thank you for your word. Showing your concern that no one should suffer through poverty. We thank you that Jesus always cared for the poor and so that no one should hunger. Forgive us where we failed to help others in need. Forgive us where we have allowed a world where some become too rich while others get poorer and trapped in debt. Help us to come together as one people, as one community, caring for the well-being of all. Inspire us to see opportunities and assets within and without, through which we can help ourselves and others to live without fear of poverty or debt. As we pray for an end to hunger, and others to live without fear of poverty. Give us hunger for justice and fairness, that all may live in equality and dignity. In Jesus' name, amen.
Let us take further lessons into the text. May God bless you.